the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I'm joined now by Senator Cotton of Arkansas, Senator Tom Cotton, a regular guest, Republican from Arkansas. Uh, good morning, Senator. I, look, this is very serious, and I am a patriot. I do not want the President of the United States to be infirm or mocked by foreign tyrants. What do we do? Good morning, Hugh. It's good to be on with you. Um, Thank you. That press conference was unnerving, the well-chosen word, uh, although I have to say probably not as unnerving as the President's statements during his trip to Europe last week. Um, obviously, the, the most unsettling and imprudent statement was when he, in effect, called for regime change and nuclear-armed Russia, but he also seemed to suggest that the United States might use chemical weapons against Russia, or that the troops we have in places like Poland may soon be deploying to Ukraine, contrary to his announced policy. And then again, he denied it all yesterday in that press conference. When you walk back a walk back, that's what's unnerving. Yeah. And, you know, Hugh, one can agree on the merits with what Joe Biden said about the treachery of Vladimir Putin. If you're a talk radio host or an editorial columnist or just a normal American, but when you're an elected official, especially when you're the president, um, ad-libbing and speaking about, I think Joe Biden called it, uh, his emotional outrage is highly unwise and it's dangerous to our national security. And most presidents throughout history have known that they don't get to engage in off the cuff extemporaneous moralizing that could threaten the interests and the safety of the American people. Can I add something? I I have been listening to Martin Gilbert's Churchill book, Walking with Destiny. And for five years, Churchill cried through the whole war. He's the most emotional man to ever lead the free world. And he was very emotional and he was very involved. But we were in total war, Senator. That's where we don't want to go right now. We can't have an off-the-cuff chief executive. No, Hugh, uh, we cannot. And at this point, with uh, just under three years to go in the Biden presidency, uh, I genuinely think it would be best for all involved to include Joe Biden, uh, but especially for the American people, if the president would simply stop speaking publicly uh, in an extemporaneous fashion. Um, He should not ad-lib in speeches when he's reading from a teleprompter. And frankly, I don't think he should continue to take questions or do press conferences. Um, I know that lots of Republicans and conservatives like to criticize the president for his lack of accessibility or his uh, refusal to hold regular press conferences. Uh, But I think for the good of the nation and for uh, the safety of our people, um, we should all agree broadly, we on the on the center right in America, that if if Joe Biden would simply stop speaking extemporaneously, stop doing press conferences or, or press availabilities, we'll agree that that's not a solid ground to criticize him. Look at I, I will eat, I will agree 100 percent. 
Yeah. There's plenty of grounds to criticize the president on the results and the outcomes of his policies and decisions. We don't need to criticize him um, on the process point of he's not answering enough questions. If he'll simply agree to stop answering questions, stop ad-libbing and ripping off the cuff from a prepared uh, speech on a teleprompter. If we could get three years of Joe Biden speaking in deliberate fashion on words that have been carefully reviewed and vetted, even if we disagree with those words, that would be safer than what happened over the last five days. That's a mature and smart response, because in all seriousness, we can't do this for three years. And I asked David Drucker in hour one and Byron York in hour two, what do you think Putin, Xi, Khamenei think is going on? And, and they all had good responses. Drucker suggested they may not know who's in charge in the United States after yesterday. Well, if you put yourself in their shoes in Moscow or Beijing or Tehran, what's happened over the last five days has probably been confusing. Uh, but it's also been, in some cases, a windfall. Vladimir Putin has been claiming for almost his entire time in office in Russia that the United States wants to engineer his ouster. Um, he's b- believed that and, and fervently declared that repeatedly. And Joe Biden essentially gave him a massive propaganda victory uh, over the weekend simply by going off the cuff, clearly speaking off teleprompter on his emotional feelings, which, again, I think we all have very strong feelings about the devastation we see in Ukraine and about the villainy of Vladimir Putin. Um, And, again, it's fine to say that if you're a normal American, if you're a talk radio host, if you're an editorial columnist. But when you are responsible for the safety of the American people, as I am, as other elected senators and congressmen are, and most especially as the president is, um, you know, it's imprudent to be moralizing extemporaneously in such a fraught moment. Yeah, I, I want to refer back to Churchill again. I know you're a student of Churchill. Uh, when he goes to Yalta, FDR, and it's in Crimea. It's so relevant to today. It's almost ghostly spooky. Uh, he goes off to Crimea and FDR arrives. It's 10 weeks away from when FDR dies. And everyone knows FDR is out of gas and is failing. Churchill is 70 years old. He's complaining about being 70 years old. And his colleagues say he's up and down. He has good days and bad days, but he's still Churchill. And he can get the House of Commons to support him. He can get a big show. He can give a two-hour speech. So I'm actually thinking, what do we do to prop up the president right now in the eyes of the world, Senator Cotton, to, to confirm that the United States is strong and steady? For the last month, Um, The Congress has actually been pushing the president to take a firmer stance with Ukraine. It's a very clear pattern, whether it's sanctions or weapons deliveries or the ban on Russian oil imports or revoking Russia's permanent most favored nation status. The pattern is clear. The president is usually a few days behind Congress to include members of his own party, um, and then he takes a decision. We need to continue that, and I think Congress will continue it, even if many of the Democrats in Congress still hesitate from some of the tougher measures I would advocate. They're at least tougher than this president. And I think it's an important signal to Vladimir Putin and our other adversaries that Congress continue to assert itself and and take a stand on behalf of international stability and support the Ukrainian people, as they do an amazing Miraculous, even 
uh, job of defending their own home and defending their own soil. And we need to pull out all the stops to ensure they have what it takes to defend their home. There is an article in The Atlantic this morning, sidebar, saying don't ease up now. And and that means flood the Ukrainians with whatever they need uh, from anti-ship missiles, which are still not there as far as I can tell, to these new drones, the mini drones that are, I mean, the, the display of advanced weaponry is pretty amazing, but they haven't got enough of it, Senator. Yeah, I mean, Hugh, if, if I can be partial here, I think this war once again shows the primacy of infantry in warfare. Uh, oh, Russia has a, a vast, vastly outnumbered Ukraine in mechanized vehicles and tanks and armored personnel carriers and mechanized infantry or mechanized artillery. However, it's been shown to be deeply vulnerable when not supported by the infantry against infantry forces that have mobile man portable weapons. Um, the javelins and the in-laws provided by the British um, have been devastating these columns of armor. So once again, if I can be partial, we have seen uh, the supremacy of infantry, even in modern combat. And in some ways, the advances you cited Things like the the one-way explosive drones um, or small surveillance drones sided with off-the-shelf technology such as thermal imaging of the kind that, you know, you can use uh, in the woods in America. Those go to show the primacy of infantry. Ukraine has more than enough infantry to defeat the Russian forces if they have those weapons. And we have to continue to provide those weapons for them because you are right. That that article says it's no time to let up. We're barely one month into this war. It could go on for many, many months, uh, and we cannot flag in our attention or in our dedication to the Ukrainian people. Again, they are not asking us to fight this war for them. They are asking us to help them fight their own war in defense of their own home. Now, Senator, I'm not even an armchair private, much less an armchair corporal, sergeant, or officer. I am an armchair talk show host, but I, I remember... 1991 changed everyone's view of what war could be. So did 2003 with the American massed combined forces moving forward. I am now amazed. I don't know if big platforms are ever going to be as significant again. These are important discussions to have, but they don't supersede the discussion about what to do about the president. So my question is, would you welcome someone like whether it's former Secretary Clinton Admiral Stav, read it. Someone who is serious going into the White House, because I'm afraid they're about to give the store away in Iran, uh, in, in Vienna to Iran. I really don't know who's running things. Yeah, I'm very worried about the status of those negotiations in Iran uh, or regarding Iran and Vienna, Hugh. Um, from all reports, we're down to a single momentous choice, and that's whether we remove the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps from the terrorist designation list. Um, again, if it wasn't a big deal, to Iran, if it wasn't vital to Iran's power, uh, then they wouldn't be holding out for it. I would remind everyone that Joe Biden may be on the verge of, of delisting the Revolutionary Guard Corps at a time when three former high-ranking American officials must have full-time 24-7 security details because of threat assassination of that very Revolutionary Guard Corps. Agreed. Um, but for both Ukraine, for Iran, for China, uh, I do think it would be welcome for the president to bring on board someone uh, who is a senior statesman, wizened 
uh, in the ways of the world. You mentioned Jim Stavridis. That might be one. Uh, it might be hard to get Bob Gates out of retirement, but I think that would be a great addition to his team as well. Um, someone who has the independent stature uh, and gravitas that so many of his team lack uh, that they can help right the ship. That makes a lot of sense. Senator, has the president called you? We have not. We have not talked lately, you know. <laughs> uh, so when, I, I'm just curious. We're in the middle of a war. You're one of the most uh, influential Republicans in the national security community. And he hasn't, he hasn't said, come down, let's talk about this. I mean, Nixon had people in the office all the time. I think, Hugh, uh, the president's aides keep a very, very uh, close grip on his schedule and his calendar. He, I, I don't think, you know, it's not just me. Um, I think it's pretty much every Republican. And for that matter, a lot of Democrats, uh, I think their access to the president over the last 14 months has declined pretty significantly as well. Um, I just think that's the way the White House conducts business. Uh, Is that a good way to conduct business? Well, obviously, it's led to a lot of fiascos, most notably in Afghanistan. uh, But also, I think, you know, the results over the last month, really the last six months with Ukraine, uh, it's led uh, in part to this war that we see and the kind of stumbles you saw in Europe last week. So I do think, as you said, the president would benefit from consulting more widely. Look, he, he doesn't have to consult with his Partisan critics in Congress, if he doesn't want to, it doesn't hurt my feeling. Uh, but gentlemen, like you mentioned, Admiral Stavidis or, or Bob Gates, um, you know, General Jim Jones, who he knew as Barack Obama's first national security advisor. There, there are many graybeards out there um, who are not partisan critics, even if they do belong to or affiliate with the Republican Party. Um, I agree, and I, I hope he listens to you. I hope he listens to you. Senator, thank you, as always. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. We ought to expect a more sincere apology from Will Smith and Chris Rock, one that has both men admit the enormous mistakes they made at the Oscars Sunday night. First, jokes about physical appearance are rarely funny, usually only made when by the targets themselves. Try for a laugh at Jada Pinkett's hairstyle in light of her medical condition or any time is low for a comedian, even if Rock didn't know. Comedians have concluded long ago there is no floor. They are wrong. Rock was wrong. Will Smith could be forgiven anger, even a confrontation, but striking rock? That was very and very publicly wrong, like almost every other bar fight in every bar we've ever heard of or seen. Shame on both men. An apology tour from both of them would be welcome. Rock and Will Smith have demonstrated yet again public figures are unworthy of the admiration we often give them. Think twice before you invest more in a public figure than you ought to. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.